Coming up in this episode of The Wheelhouse, the fourth arena of accomplishment-driven leadership, contemplation. Stay tuned. Welcome to Season 3 of The Wheelhouse. I'm your host, Dr. Grant Chandler, CEO of Students Matter. In this season, we'll mix interviews and conversations with in-depth thinking around one of our four foundational components of our framework, accomplishment-driven leadership. We'll explore the five arenas of ADL, how to plot a growth trajectory, and then how to use those arenas to do what matters most, serve our students by growing our people. We believe it's our priority as educators to prove to each student and to each teacher that they are both distinctive and irreplaceable. Together, let's continue to step up to this incredibly important challenge and add additional tools and skills right into our wheelhouse. Hello and welcome to episode five of the third season of The Wheelhouse. We're in the process of really defining at this point the arenas of accomplishment-driven leadership. In our earlier episodes, we defined what we mean by that term, accomplishment-driven leadership, and we focused so far on the first three arenas, captainship, poise, and guidance. So Remember that accomplishment-driven leadership is all about helping everyone within your organization, students, teachers, parapros, other adults, leaders, depending on your role. It's all about growth. And the opposite of growth is decay. And before we can grow others, we really need to think about ourselves as learners and growers, as you, if you will. And we've really got to, you know, this first part of, of this season is about what do you bring to the table as a leader? And what are those arenas, those skills you need to really support the growth of others in the organization. And so I always begin these first few episodes talking about what do you bring to the table as a leader, right? The five really important questions. Who are you? What do you bring to the work? What do you stand for? How committed are you to that vision? How are you gonna get it done? And then finally, how do you grow and evolve along the way? Accomplishment-driven leaders can't focus on the growth of others if they're not also focusing on the growth of themselves. And so in the first three episodes, we looked at captainship, using that level of authority to influence or impact and to skillfully guide and develop that team And that team needs to exert discretionary effort, doing the work to get closer and closer to the strategic vision on their own because they're so committed to that vision. Poise, that ability to look inward at yourself and to think about 
being self-aware and to know how to to self-develop and to build resilience, resiliency and courage so that you can lead courageously. And then last week we talked a lot about guidance. How do we steer, guide, support, and anticipate the growth of others? And then today, really excited to talk about the fourth arena of accomplishment-driven leadership, which is contemplation. And we define that, as you might imagine, listening to the wheelhouse, a little bit differently than what you might imagine that term to be defined at in other places. Using the contemplative practices of predict, plan for, and respond Leaders think deeply and act courageously in response to the ever-changing needs of the district, the leaders, the teachers, other adults, families, and most of all, to each and every student. I'll repeat that again for you so that you don't have to go back and hit rewind for a moment. Using the contemplative practices of predict, plan for, and respond. Leaders think deeply and act courageously in response to the ever-changing needs of the district, the leaders, the teachers, families, and most of all, to each and every child. So we're going to think about And we're going to explore in the remaining time of the podcast today, we're going to explore what we mean by contemplative, and we're also going to explore those three key actions, predict, plan for, and respond. And then we're going to look at that in terms of an everyday problem that we're all facing, right, in the middle of the third year of running and operating schools and classrooms in the midst of a global pandemic. You know, uh, happy end of October. We are, you know, more than a quarter, some getting really close to a third of the way through this school year already. So let's think about uh, Adam Grant in his book, Think Again from 2021, said that there are four things that people say that crush new ideas and possibilities. So and as we think about contemplation, right, which is going to be about thinking deeply and then organizing that thinking around three major actions, predict, plan for, and respond, we're also going to have to courageously handle these four things that Adam Grant says that people say that crush new ideas and possibilities. One, that will never work here. Two, that's not what my experience has shown. Three, that's too complicated. Let's not overthink it. And then if you're not laughing yet, four, that's the way we've always done it. That's the way we've always done it. So as we work our way toward predict, plan for, and respond, I think it's also important to think about, you know, the, the, what a learning organization is and how we've just killed that word over the last couple of, of, of decades. Uh, And so call your attention to Peter Senge's The Fifth Discipline. And he uses a term which we use a lot in our work, which is metanoia, to grasp the deeper meaning of learning 
also involves a fundamental shift or a movement of mind, which he defines as metanoia, a shift of mind. You know, and when we think about learning in our everyday use, it's kind of like taking in information, right? We organize a lot of professional learning, sadly, around simply the the, the transmission of information from one person to another. And it evokes this image, not only in professional learning, but you know, in our classrooms across the country of sitting passively in schoolrooms, listening, following directions, and pleasing the teacher by avoiding making mistakes. And you know, that's how you know, he, he's, he, and that's the comment he makes on, on page 13 about, you know, this is unfortunately what a lot of people think about when they think about the term learning. And he says, uh, quote, real learning gets to the heart of what it means to be human. Through learning, we recreate ourselves. Through learning, we're able to do something we never were able to do. Through learning, we perceive the world and our relationship to it. Through learning, we extend our capacity to create, to be part of that generative process of life, unquote. So if you think about it, right, then for an organization to really survive, you have to go beyond survival, and you have to think about how an organization uses generative learning, he calls it, to enhance our capacity to create. And one of the things that we really need to do in the midst of this global pandemic is to recreate, right, recreate what we mean by learning in our classrooms and in our buildings and in our districts across the country. So let's think about the thinking for a moment, right? There's this idea of conceptual thinking that is, you know, really being able to analyze hypothetical or abstract concepts to understand why something is being done. And I think we're really going to have to think conceptually about how we recreate public education as a response to not just the pandemic, but as a response to not being able to meet the needs of each and every child that comes there. And so there is an element of conceptual thinking in contemplation. There's an element of analytical thinking, right? Being able to tackle complicated issues, to be able to tear them apart, to understand patterns, um, Analytical thinkers are really good at spotting things, issues, problems before they happen. They can plan ahead to be able to um, to avoid some of those those things. And you know, many times analytical thinkers they can take a setback and they just they just see it as an opportunity to learn and and they move forward. And I think. We're going to need an element of analytical thinking, and you'll see an element of analytical thinking in what we talk about in terms of contemplation. And then there's this idea of critical thinking as well. And Linda Elder said in, in 2017, quote, critical thinkers, they avoid thinking simplistically about complicated issues and strive to appropriately consider the rights and needs of relevant others. They recognize the complexities of 
in developing as thinkers and commit themselves to lifelong practice towards self-improvement. They embody the Socratic principle. They, the unexamined life is not worth living because they realize that many unexamined lives together result in an uncritical, unjust, and dangerous world, end quote. And so we're going to need elements of critical thinking in this work, uh, in this particular arena that we call contemplation. So when we think about the, that hierarchy of skills, if you would, that we have at that inadequate level, you've got someone who doesn't analyze or doesn't have an ability to plan. At the fundamental level, they make limited connections. At the beneficial level, in our rubric, they make multiple connections. And finally, at the noteworthy level, they're able to conduct complicated analyses to discover new concepts. So let's think about this state of mind and what it means to approach our work in a contemplative first, just a, a, a deep thinking realm, right? You see, if you were to Google that, you'd see words like consider, foresee, intend, deliberate, design, observe, speculate, and the list goes on and on. In our work, this whole idea of contemplation is a really important part of the work that we do at Students Matter, so much so that we not only define contemplation as an arena of accomplishment-driven leadership, but in our framework, each student achieves, a large part of that work is not only the, the, the infrastructure that we put in place, but it's really about growing uh, the people within that organization, and we call that the contemplative educator. And when you remember that, that some of that thinking early on, it was about you know, really being able to think so that you can lead courageously, right? Let's go back to the definition of, of what we mean by that arena for a moment. Using the contemplative practices of predict, plan for, and respond, leaders think deeply and act courageously in response to the ever-changing needs of, of a lot of different a lot of different people. So let's think about con what contemplative educators do courageously. They are consciously aware of the need to disrupt the educational landscape and prove to each student that they are both distinctive and irreplaceable. And in order to do that, contemplative educators and certainly accomplishment-driven leaders with a really strong contemplation arena confront and respond to their own mental models and to institutional barriers that reproduce the marginalization and oppression of some group of students. So to be contemplative, to be able to predict, plan for, and respond to needs means we're going to have to bust through some of these, the way we've always done it mentality, and the barriers that marginalize some of our students. So let's talk about, for a moment, predict, plan for, and respond. What does it mean to predict? It means to pursue, investigate, and interpret all of the available information 
all of the information available to them to uncover need. This is about when we think about predicting, we're thinking we're talking about uncovering everything that we can find to best understand need. Plan for. We're talking about then leveraging all of their strengths, right? Someone who is planning for need is leveraging all of their strengths to pinpoint the most effective means of meeting each of those identified needs that we had from predict. And as you can imagine, then we, at the respond level, we leverage our strengths to position our predictions and our planning into responsive action. So this whole idea of contemplation, which uses predict, plan for, respond, is about really deep thinking to uncover need, to figure out the best way to meet the need, and then to put that into place through responsive action. So there are some tips or some things that you can do to develop strong contemplation skills, right? And I'm going to list the top five. Gather as much information as you possibly can, right? It's part of that predict. Uncover everything that you can find that's relevant about a particular issue that you are struggling with. Drill down that information to understand and identify a root cause. We've spent too much time trying to solve problems by not understanding what causes the problem, putting something out there into place, and then nothing ever happens in terms of impact because we weren't really solving the right problem. So uncover all the information we can find, drill it down to understand root cause, approach all of the issues we face from a sense of inquiry. We've got to be asking ourselves questions all the time, right? And then use this predict, plan for, and respond protocol, way of thinking to study an issue, to study a person, to collect a data and determine that plan of action. And then finally, ask more questions and then ask a few more after that. The more we seek answers to questions, the deeper we think and the more we uncover to better understand a particular issue. So let's think about predict, plan for, and respond for a moment. When we think about, you know, I think one of the most common issues that we face in our educational work, you know, to date, and that is, we you know, there's this idea out there, and to some degree, it's true, but I think it's I think it's over uh, over uh, what is the word I'm looking for? I think we've heightened it to make it uh, a far a far bigger reaction than is necessary, and that is, you know. Um, we're all we're all we all recognize that this is the third year of of teaching in a global pandemic. We know what happened in March to June of 2020. We know there were so many disruptions and so many 
different ways of responding. And, you know, I think our, our profession did a really good job of really trying to reinvent itself. But we know, absolutely, we know that kids didn't learn the tested things that we would like them to learn in any given school year. I also argue over and over again that our kids learned a lot of really valuable life lessons. And so to say that there was complete and utter learning loss for the last year and a half, I think is, is, um, is not fair or accurate. Um, absolutely. Our children were traumatized as were adults in this global pandemic. And, you know, we can, we can argue about, what we did or what we didn't do. I mean, nobody asked for this. Nobody asked to educate children in the midst of, of a pandemic. Um, but, and, and you saw people make a lot of, of uh, important priority when it come, when it came to um, the social emotional learning and the, and the relationship building, which of course is absolutely phenomenal. But what I'm seeing a lot of this year is, this whole need to throw that aside, to cast that aside, and to push as hard as we can possibly push to catch kids up. And there's this there's this pressure out there where people think that we can make up a year and a half worth of, of learning loss plus the year that we're currently in and that somehow we're going to magically arrive at the end of the year where kids are not in any way um, less prepared than they would have been had there been no global pandemic. That's absurd. I mean, that's absolutely absurd. And I think we really, this is a really good opportunity and time to think about how do we use that, that, that arena of contemplation to predict to plan for and respond. Because I think the smartest thing we can do for every single student, every single teacher, every single leader is to uncover all the information to, un to, to understand where we are, what we need, and how we move each other forward, getting as far as we can possibly get but recognizing that there's absolutely no way we're going to just magically bring people to the point in June of 2022 as if nothing as if nothing disruptive had ever happened to uh, to education and to the way that we deliver education and to the learning that students um, experienced to to what teachers are experiencing. And I think one of the smartest things we can do is really ask each other and ourselves a whole lot of questions to predict, to uncover as much information as we can about need, to think about how we leverage and what we do to, 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 to leverage what we have, to think about the best way to respond to that need, and then to put that into action. And it's going to really require leaders leaders at all levels of the organization, to be really, really strong in conceptual thinking, analytical thinking, critical thinking, and really taking this idea of contemplation to as far as we can get it. Because we're going to need that in order to really do the work that we need to do to move, our, to move us all forward in 21-22. So there is 
a brief introduction to contemplation. We, of course, uh, in the Learning Together Academy, have tools and resources to help us grow those skills in contemplation. Next week, we're heading to the fifth and final arena of accomplishment-driven leadership, and that is realization. Thank you very much for listening today, and I'll see you next week. And that wraps up another episode of The Wheelhouse. New episodes of Season 3 drop every Monday afternoon, beginning September 27th and running through December 13th. We'll take a break for the holidays and return with Season 4 in early 2022. The Wheelhouse is a production of Students Matter, LLC. Our show's theme music, Off We Go, was written and performed by Cody Martin and obtained through Soundstripe.com. If you'd like to explore this topic further and take our online course on accomplishment-driven leadership, or if you have something you'd like to share, or even a leadership problem you'd like to see us address, drop us a line at registrar.learningtogetheracademy.com at ourstudentsmatter.org. Again, that email address is registrar.learningtogetheracademy at ourstudentsmatter.org. You can find me on Twitter at Grant A. Chandler or LinkedIn at Grant Chandler PhD. And of course, stop by our website and check out what we offer at www.ourstudentsmatter.org. You can subscribe to this podcast on either iTunes or Spotify, and it can also be found on our website at Captivate, that's H-T-T-P-S colon forward slash forward slash the dash wheelhouse dot captivate dot FM slash episodes. If you'd like our show, please leave us a review. I'd love to hear what you like. Season three of The Wheelhouse is dedicated to the memory and legacy of John, a dear friend and sitting superintendent who fought a courageous battle against cancer but lost the good fight today, on the very day we were in the studio recording for season three. John was fiercely dedicated to the four pillars of our work, the contemplative educator, accomplishment-driven leadership, superior instruction, and even more so, to powerful student care. He was deeply committed to saving the lives of each student through the power of education. He will be greatly missed, but his legacy and dedication to the lives of students will live on in our work. Together, our goal is to continuously enhance and utilize our arenas of accomplishment-driven leadership. Proving to each student and each teacher that they are both distinctive and irreplaceable is hard work. But being an educator is the noblest of all professions. Until next time, remember, we've got this. <laughs> <laughs>